as the myth turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris and Z. Interns because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey guys, it's Eris. And I'm Z. And we are joined by our temp intern, also producer, Matthew McConaughey. Hi guys, long time, first time, sometimes. <laughs> and, no time, like the present. Yes. Uh, today we are talking about spies. And the mythology behind spies. Yeah. And that surrounds spies. Yes. Yes. I mean, spies are kind of a, a big part of our myth and culture now. We have, yeah. we have a shit ton of movie about spies. It's like its own genre now. It, it is. It really is. Spy novels, it's the, and the spy genre, and spy movies. Why do you think that is? Why? why? Yeah. I think it's it's a fantasy of... Yeah. I, I think it's kind of similar to how, like, gladiators were such a big deal. Yes. I think that it's something... It's like, it's like the, the ultimate... Especially for Americans. It's like the yeah. ultimate American person. Right, it's it's like a, a continuation of the cowboy myth, which is a, was a continuation mm. of like the knight in shining armor myth. Yeah, yeah. It's good point. now it's like the modern day cowboy right, right, kind of right. thing. Yeah, Spies it's just a dude are... with a gun getting shit done, which is like right, not accurate, but it's okay. <laughs> but being very secretive. Yes, and yeah. sexy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Secretively sexy, but also, but also sexily secretive. Prominently sexy. Yes, and like mysterious. Just. I am the alpha male, but you can't suspect me of anything because I have to leave right. at night with a microfiche securely yeah. in my pocket. <sighs> and I say code words, which makes me sound intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Roko Boko. So, so you actually have found some really inter interesting information about like um, Irish myth with yeah. spies. So like spies are a lot, I mean, obviously a lot older than I think of what we see in television now. For sure, yeah. Um, but the, the oldest thing I found of spies was of a, a god of spying and espionage uh, from Ireland, whose name is, is I think it's Rowdan, but it's R-U-A-D-A-N, and there's like an apostrophe thing over the A. Rowdy. Rowdy. Rowdy the spy. Rowdy the Irish spy. <laughs> He's also a bucking bronco. <laughs> nice. He's a, a spoy. A, 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 a spoicy boy. Oh. <laughs> Spices. He's an Irish what? God? What? Yeah. Okay. Irish god of, of spying and espionage. He was the son of Breasts and Bridget. Uh, Breasts and Bridget? No, Breasts. Bridget's boobs? No. <laughs> Breasts and Bridget. No, no, the breasts are separate from Bridget. No. Big old, big old titties. <laughs> ah, yeah. <No. laughs> Look, it's mythology. Literally anything could happen. It's true. No, no, no. It, it was, I think he, I think he was a god named B-R-E-S. B-R-E-S. Yes, Bress. Excellent. Bress. I'm on board now. Yes. Uh, so his father sent him to spy on the Fomorians, which were like a clan of monsters and stuff that had crawled out of the sea mm -hmm. and was trying to take over Ireland. And so he was sent to spy on them, and then he was discovered and, like, stabbed with a shaft, and he was was shafted. Um, and <laughs> to totally shafted. Is, is, is that in your notes? It is in my notes. <laughs> he was, he Quote had was been shafted. totally shafted. Nice. Totally. Totally shafted. Yep. Um, and then, so when his mother discovered that he had been totally shafted, so her, her wailing and her sadness and stuff gave way to the tradition called keening, uh, oh, which yeah, is yeah, used, yeah. used at Irish wakes now. Yeah. So. Lots of wailing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. was like wailing on him until he so, was totally shafted. It's a whale of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you go to your, <gasps> where, this is your room. Oh no, uh, I was going to uh, send you to your room and I can't. They're all my room. 
That was really creepy. That was, <laughs> That's a different I don't know. I'd be on the lead. Bye, guys. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and they died in the middle of the spy episode. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it was a mysterious toxin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Poison cane. I'm just quoting Archer because that's most of my life. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. That's a spy. Yeah, that's yeah. a spy. It's yeah. just. A, what's the point of being a spy if you can't tell everybody about it? Right, 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 right. Apparently, that'll get you killed. So don't do that. No. <laughs> Unless you're. Unless you're Archer. Or James Bond. Or James Bond. Well, yeah. I'm an agent from the secret. The British secret Invite that comparison, which is also another one from Archer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want ants? That's how you get ants. That's how you get that's, ants. That's the one line I really know. Oh. <laughs> or the wee baby Seamus. <laughs> I refer to people as wee baby a lot. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> wee baby Mac, you. <laughs> Most of the spies I found were more modern day spies. I mean, like spies are basically an occupation. It's a thing you do, and it's a person you like. You are for an right. amount of time. For your country. Also, like, a crime you're convicted of. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. like there, have, there have literally been people who were hired as spies by their country, and then went and did spy stuff, and then, like, where it was even only just suspected of double agenting, mm-hmm. and then got, like, put to death for espionage. Like, yeah. bitch, you hired me! That's like, that's like a nurse going in and being like, hi, I'm here to take your blood pressure. Death! You can't do that. That's a shame. Don't take people's blood pressure. That's exactly what it's like. Nurses are suspicious. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nurses are great, some of them. So another really old example of spy. spy Spyaging. Yeah. Spyaginage. Spy, 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 uh, spicy boys. Spicy. Wait, hold on. Um, well, I forgot the French word for spy. Never mind. Go ahead. Speed. 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 So in Homer's Iliad, there was a character named named Dolan mm-hmm. who was uh, sent to spy on the Trojans and then discovered and then decapitated and stuff after the he Trojan was like, horse. I totally forgot about that. I, don't I mean, I know that's not connected, but that, that was right. Thing. Right, like <laughs> Trojan, happened. yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> whatever, that's a Trojan, spy thing. condom, horse, whatever. Yeah. I don't, okay, okay, small, short, short little, short little rant, right? Like, why <laughs> would you name your condom, which is like, you're supposed to advertise, like, oh, nothing will ever get through it, as the thing that, like, snuck in and got through, like, somebody else's gates. Like, why is that? Like, that's terrible branding! Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> just it's terrible branding. I have a really funny condom story though. Can I tell it? So this one, <laughs> this one time, um, when my person was in high school, he was taking like a health and sexuality class or whatever as part of like a psychology major. Uh-huh. And uh, like at the end of the semester, like his teacher gave out those like brown bags or whatever that you always see in in movies when yeah. people like hyperventilate into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave out like entire one of those to each of his students full of condoms. Oh my god. So like of course me and my person filled them with water. And used them, <laughs> of course. And used them like had them filled up like water balloons. Oh my god. And, and his sister was like out in the backyard like sun tanning. And we went out there, we were like, I, I don't know, sometimes I think the Faye incident might have been payback for this, but we threw them at her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they wouldn't break. And I don't know why we thought they would break, because, like, they weren't actual they, water balloons. They shouldn't. I know, exactly. They, they, they weren't supposed to. Like, they were supposed they're to just, they're, they're designed, designed to for. not do Yeah, that. but we kept, we kept just, like, they bounced off of her. Oh, my God. And she was like, Pick it back up and throw it at her again. She had a bunch of like dick shaped bruises <laughs> because we just kept throwing the water 
condoms ever. <laughs> when you told me you had a really great condom story, I did not think this is where it was this going to go. Completely <laughs> opposite of what I thought. Yeah. That's your badge. Oh it is. Also, I really on. only am myself to blame. I need to unpack what this teacher was thinking. <laughs> because condoms no, expire. It was a college class. No, I know, but condoms expire. Yeah. And the teacher gave every student a lunch sack full yeah. of how Okay, I think I think you missed the part where I said it's college. So Okay, but like I got laid a lot in college. I don't think I got laid a, a lunch sack full of condoms. <laughs> there, was, a lot. there was probably like twenty in there. I maybe that, got... Oh no, I was expecting like it was full like here's hundred and twenty condoms. No, okay, okay. no, no, no. That's what was, I was like. It was like twenty. It wasn't, it wasn't like like oh, no, tw- yeah, boxes no, full. Like they had I guess he had like bought them in bulk. I don't like I don't know. Like they were they were like he had ripped them out. Not not like okay. free loose hanging condoms. <laughs> no, but they, they like, come in little packets. Yeah, yeah it was like in a little square, like ramen looking. I was okay. So, so I was envisioning like you take <laughs> a lunch pack and you sauce. just fucking layer condoms until no. it's full. And I was like, no. that's like 120, 150 condoms. No, How probably... much sex do you think your students are having? Okay, you I'm... also need to hand up bottles of water. You're gonna get sued. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in any event, <laughs> I'm thinking that's our commercial break. <laughs> for our regularly scheduled commercial break. I'd like to thank Packmill Photography for sponsoring this episode. They are a photography business based in Coweta, Oklahoma. They specialize in personal and personnel photography. And you can find them at packmillphotography.com. I'd also like to thank our producer and current co-intern, also a sponsor of the show, Mac Boyle. It's your boy, Mac, you. <laughs> for providing us valuable advice and producing this show, and also letting us crash his studio. Sometimes literally, as we run into doors and walls a lot. And spill ice cream shakes. We're coordinated sometimes. Yeah. That's why he handles the computer, because inevitably we would have dropped it. <laughs> I mean, it's also true. But he... And only occasionally have to completely re-record episodes. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. Occasionally. <laughs> but he, he puts up with our shenanigans. One and, show got fucked I... up and one show we re-recorded. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're good. We're good. <clears throat> but he puts up with us and he he really does help us out a lot. And thank you so much, Mac, for, for, for dealing with, with our brand of chicanery oh you guys see i don't get usually say anything on the show (laughs) (laughs) i'd also like to thank our listeners because you guys are also super great and i just i i love that you like our show and that that you comment and send reviews and that you follow us on twitter and i just i like i love all of you thank you so much and with that in mind we have a special treat for you yeah i'm sure you guys are familiar with the uh, fourth wall trailer that we uh, added to a previous episode of ours. Um, and I'm sure by now you guys have gone and listened to all the episodes because they're wonderful and super cool. Um, and you're just dying to hear the second season. Um, so your, your, your interns are it's, it, prominent in season one. Well, and then you played the <clears throat> ghost of Christmas, uh, I did. uh past, Yes, in the, the Christmas one. special, the, squeak, the, the, the squeaky one—that was the official name of the character. <laughs> the, I was like, "The squeaky boy." We we're sitting in the casting room. Who do we get for the squeaky one? <laughs> <laughs> I play a really good squeaky one. Yeah, 
I have a limited range, but it's a very wide limited range. <laughs> and, and your interns will be prominent in season two, and I think you might hear some people in what we're about to listen to. Yeah. So, without further ado, here's the world premiere of the season two trailer. Villains of fiction. Some of us haven't been properly introduced. I lead the fifth wall. That is all you need to know. And now everyone looks to me like I'm supposed to have the answers. And the very first time I tried to do anything, I completely ruined everything. It has been five years, three months, and 14 days since the Oklahoma incident. We now know that fictional characters walk amongst us. And in these broadcasts, I'll tell you why. What's a podcast? It's complicated. Now, who's ready for a flashback? Who are you? You're right. We haven't been properly introduced. You are John Watson, which makes me Abigail Westing. And, ironically enough, I am offering you a job. What is our method? Discontinuity! And what is the only thing I asked for in return? Submission to your will! And what is the reward? Death to the fourth wall! That's damn right! The Fourth Wall Season 2. Six final episodes available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded, starting October 20th, 2019. For more information and to listen to Season 1, visit PartyApocalypse.com. Wait, what kind of podcast is this anyway? It's a full cast audio drama. Oof, that's just too sad for words. Noise. Spicy. Spoisy! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm in it! <laughs> me too! Everyone's in it. You were supposed to say me three. Oh. Me three! Let's uh, swap on over to our um, random fact of the day. So, Hedwig Eva Maria Ke- Keisler, also known as Hedy Lamar. That's a good D there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I know I like the D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like hearing about them Ds. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. So Hedy Lamar was an Austrian-born American immigrant who was predominantly known as an actress, but she was also an inventor. And in 1941, she filed a patent for frequency hopping technology, which led to the development of uh, secure Wi-Fi, GPS, and Bluetooth as we know it today. Okay. When she first came over to America, she was spotted like pretty much just getting off of the boat by a representative at um, MGM, which was a production company uh, from Hollywood at the time, who saw her, just thought she was incredibly beautiful and made her a star. Obviously, she did some amazing work. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't, he wasn't just like, hey, you're a star now. He was like, hey, I'm giving you some opportunities. And she was like, yeah, and I'm going to rock it. So, what a super genius. Right. <laughs> and she, like, barely spoke English either. So, like, <laughs> okay. she was kind of kick-ass in any event. With a lot of the opportunities that she got being an actress in Hollywood, she was able to mix and mingle with uh, some really prominent people like John F. Kennedy and Howard Hughes, who gave her equipment for her to be able to do her experiments and inventions and whatnot. She invented a radio communications uh, system, whatever, that could hop frequencies so that Allied torpedoes in World War II couldn't be found by Nazis. Uh. She filed the patent, but then it ran out and the military was a- the American military was able to get a hold of it. Uh, so she never actually saw any money from her invention. Aww. Okay. Back, back to the, the episode. episode. <laughs>
thank you. So the big, the big reason that you're here. Other the big one. To, to the deal big with. double O reason. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You got two zeros and a seven, you know oh. what I'm saying? Oh. Oh. Seven oh, gets up done. in that shit. Uh. Tell us uh. about the man. The man. The spy. Bond. The racist Bond. behind Bond. the legend. Name's Bond. I mean, I mean. <laughs> tell you about the Chinese Negroes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Z and I like had an aneurysm. Oh, <laughs> no, but that that's like in the books. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's that a quote. <laughs> I do not co-sign. Uh, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Little known fact. Where do you think the the name James Bond came from? Um, there was a guy named James who liked to be was a bound bond? in sex. I don't know. He was a bail bondsman. I don't know. Good guess, but wrong. I legitimately have no idea. Uh, oh, it was based off of um, Ian Fleming's childhood friend, Jimmy Shackles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that, god, that was so quick. That's it, right. It. And, and sh- the conviction <laughs> that they had with it was... Oh my god, that was Old Jimmy Shanks, like, and, and Fleming's like, oh, I'm just in Jamaica writing these little novels about spies. What do I have to that blow Jimmy Shanks? He's always so good at baccarat. It was a book there. Yeah, I just, I, I think I should eat some more bacon and drink a martini. Heart attack! <laughs> and that is the life of Ian Fleming. <laughs> he was a uh, intelligence officer in uh, World War Two, and uh, was a little independently wealthy after the war, and liked to vacation in Jamaica every summer, and got bored and uh, wrote about uh, sort of an idealized spy. Uh, and the name, James Bond, actually is the author of a book of flowers huh. and, and, that he had in his GoldenEye estate in Jamaica. And and you can go there. You can stay in uh, Ian Fleming's uh, uh, bungalow and hmm. uh, you really get just absorbed the racism. Like, it's mm-hmm. still in the walls along oh, with, along with like, cheap tobacco and, right, and cholesterol. Right, smoke in their house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the first novel, Casino Royale, was uh, it was a big success, and so they paid him an obscene amount of money to uh, publish, to write a book every summer just on a vacation. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm so tired of fishing today. I thought maybe I'll have Bond uh, uh, meet a lady named Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Goldfinger happened. Well, <laughs> well oh, uh, that's true. There's a character named Pussy Galore. Yeah, that no, I remember that. Great. Isn't yeah. it? Everybody thought so. Isn't there a movie... Like Octo something? Octopussy. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck that's about. Well, it's eight pussies. I, I, I did not always... see that movie. I am <laughs> so confused. Yeah. Well, by that point, the, the movies really had very little relationship to the Fleming mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. And that was after about three or four movies that they kind of dropped those. Because really, it was just... Kinda, it, Fleming was primarily a travel writer for most of his writing career. So mm-hmm. he, eventually it was just... Well, some of the books are just like, and then he went to Rio de Janeiro, where the hotels are dreadful, and mm. uh, you can hardly get a martini, and uh, <laughs> they don't fry the bacon correctly, and it's, you can't uh, be mean to people for not being white. Yeah, it's it's just not my kind of place to go. My name is Ian Fleming. I mean James Bond. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my Ian Fleming impression. I really like that. I think I'm going to do a one man show. <laughs> The wit and the racism of Ian Fleming. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're all white people here. Well, let me tell you my troubles. <laughs> oh, 
get like weird hives. We've talked a, a little bit about you know the, the occupation of spydom, but Bond's really not a spy. He's he's an assassin. I mean, yeah. in, in a he, casino, he doesn't around. do much like information. Very little. It's mostly just shooting people. Yeah, it's it's like double oh seven. We have some some Chinese fellow in the Caribbean who's just causing a ruckus. Well, I'll kill him. (laughs) (laughs) End of chapter one. (laughs) Chapter two: all his travel arrangements. Chapter three: the woman he meets there. Chapter four: the sex he has with the woman he meets there. Chapter five: he kills the Chinese fellow. End of book. Right. And that is how I spent my summer. <laughs> how did you? <laughs> how I spent my summer vacation by James Bond. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yep. I no, killed I... a guy and then fucked a lady. Pretty much in that order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. That's that's what he did every summer. And he wrote a, uh, a new Bond book every summer uh, until he died, which was like ten minutes later. <laughs> Because he wasn't exactly into the healthy living. He was, yeah, he's like, what was that joke you did? Like, I have to drink a liter of vodka, vodka and my blood when stops, the stops working. working. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's coming soon from Party Now Apocalypse Later Industries. <laughs> so with with Bond, it's interesting that he's really more of an assassin. Uh, the Casino Royale, they talk about how the double O unit, this elite unit of uh, MI6, is just really assassins, and he kind of mm-hmm. dismisses this his elite status by saying, all you, all you need to do to get a double O number is be willing to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> and he did it. And in the movie, they say the double O is act, each zero is for two confirmed kills. Oh. Yeah, and that's okay, why the that's opening dumb. of the Casino Royale movie is, you know, him killing the second guy. And he's like, you know, I heard M gave you a double O. You, you, I didn't hear about you killing anyone. Like, well, the first one was difficult. And like, well, the second one will be much easier. And, he, and that's Casino Royale, a movie that you can watch and not have me perform on a podcast. <laughs> Okay, so I actually I have I have more of a cultural knowledge question. Yeah. Did they ever make like a non Daniel Craig Casino Royale, or was that the first Casino Royale That's was Daniel really Craig? Really interesting question. They it's been produced twice in some kind of televisual film right. format. The interesting thing about the Bond rights is that Ian Fleming wasn't also he was in addition to being racist, misogynist, and, and having a slow artery clogging death wish was not a very good businessman. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And so the rights to several stories, um, Casino Royale is the first book, and it really only got made as a movie in the traditional Bond canon mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 50 years mm-hmm. after this all started, because the rights to Casino Royale were up in the air. The rights to Thunderball became up in the air, and it got remade two or th- once with Sean Connery. Debate went ahead and, like, I'll just do Thunderball again. Yes. Cash on Bond. It was originally produced as an hour-long live TV drama uh, in the fifties, oh, and, okay. and and the TV executives were like, "A British assassin? No, I don't think he needs to be American." So the story became about Jimmy Bond of the uh, Combined Service. Jimmy Shackles. Yep. <laughs> oh I'm gonna I'm gonna play Baccarat. <laughs> my name's James Bond, but please call me Jimmy. Right. Because oh I'm an all-American. That hurts It's actually available on the DVD of the second adaptation of Casino Royale, which was actually done as a comedy. Since the rights were up in the air, another movie producer got it at the height of the Sean Connery Bond craze in the 60s yeah. and made this mega-cast, absurd 
comedy out of out of the story where like 18 different play people play James Bond and oh my god uh Woody Allen plays James Bond's Ooh. nephew I know uh, I know I can't cancel Woody Allen fucking been canceled <laughs> believe women cancel Woody Allen don't watch his movies punch nazis punch nazis punch always nazis. punch nazis that's his movies I'm sorry. I'm going on record. Not that great. Don't be sorry. Okay. Honestly, I used to really love his movies. Yeah. So I had to work through it. I like owned all of his movies, and I I, I got rid of them. I I was like, nope, can't can't just be like, no, I'm not listening to any of the bad stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Takes takes a minute. <clears throat> but anyway, enough about that, dick. Um, <laughs> uh, Orson Welles played the villain in it. it, it, it oh. It, it's. A mess we're, of we're a. Back into it now. <laughs> gar- it's a mess of a garbage movie. Yeah. Because five directors worked on it, and it was almost like they tried to make it a sketch comedy movie. Ooh, like SNL, which sort has sort of, but it had history to begin with. But it had mm-hmm. some thin narrative flow to it, and then the movie ends spoilers with the bomb exploding and all the characters in heaven. Dumb. What? Yeah. Like what? wearing an- like the traditional angel clothes, you see Woody Allen with like a harp and and angel oh, wings, no. and the it's one and only time he'd ever be a an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like some of this doesn't add up. Yeah, um, like the fact that Woody Allen became an angel. Right, 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 right. Weird. Like fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if y'all knew our thoughts on it, but yeah. let's right. just like, completely yeah. firmly fuck that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, um, so yeah, it, it, it's a it's a sort of an infamous movie that it, it cost all this money and they had all these big time actors there for months on end not doing any work mm. and and so they eventually had to just cut together this movie that makes zero sense and uh, it's not good. So yeah, it, it, the Daniel Craig Casino Royale is actually the third adaptation of Casino oh, Royale. Okay. That would be why I. Wasn't aware in my like my my movie knowledge lexicon. I was like, yep. wait, it's wild. The yeah. the American one is wild. I mean, it's like fifties live TV. It's shot on early video, and nothing looks right. And Peter yeah, Laurie plays Le Chief, which is actually not bad casting for uh, Le Chief. You think, hey, Mister Bond? Mm. I hear you like to play uh, Baccarat. I sure do, because I'm an all-American, and all-Americans love to play Baccarat. Not even (laughs) sure what that is. (laughs) It's kind of like craps and kind of like Blackjack. I like Blackjack. blackjack. (laughs) Um, Except I think... Like, the idea is to play to nine instead of 21. Oh, okay, okay. But you're betting on the two players as sort of a spectator thing. I huh. guarantee you anyone who has played the game of Baccarat also doesn't understand. Buckle up. You read. You said you were reading Casino Royale now. Half that, middle part of that book is completely unintelligible. Because it's like, and then, and then you got a straight three. And then that, oh, you can't have that. That means he's lost. Like, does it? No one knows. <laughs> Stop bunch... acting like you know things, Ian. <laughs> it's just a bunch of rich people sitting around like, oh, there's that, a four. That's delightful. Oh, oh, uh, queen. Ah, oh, the queen's a lovely lady. What were we doing? We were playing cards, weren't we? I like the joke of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, have I lost all of the crown's money? Whoops. <laughs> Dear me. Well, I guess the communists won this one. Good show. <laughs> it's like the rich people version of LOL. And that's the fourth adaptation of Casino Royale, my one-man show, that, that punctuates my one-man show, Ian Fleming, 
the man, the myth, the racism. <laughs> Where okay, I, I, I actually have, I have a quick question. Like, when I think of spies, I think, I mean, I, I both think of James Bond and also, like, all the stuff that they, like, the gadgets. Yeah. Like, the, the shoe phones and, like, the garrote head and the wristwatch and the lipstick that turns into a laser. And, right, 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 right. Just bullshit super spies, stuff like that. Yeah. Was that present in the books? Not really. Fleming was very interested in the authenticity of of equipment mm-hmm. and, and weapons, and went into great detail about mm-hmm. that. Gadgets and and the the high tech, the laser yeah. watch, and that sort of thing are all uh, really creations of the movies. And okay, that's where okay. things started to divert because the yeah. movies are very much a byproduct of that aesthetic. The high tech, like the the Bond movies, typically have a very rigid format. Action sequence has, doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, opening credits with some, you know, lightly lit naked ladies. Yeah. Uh, the assignment, he gets the gadgets. Yeah. He goes to travel to some exotic place. Meets a woman who's kind of interested in but doesn't really want to be. Right. Action sequence. Like, like maybe she's paid to be interested. Right. <laughs> betting, betting the woman. Is the woman betraying him? Eh, does it really matter? Uh, then another action sequence. And then yeah. he's captured for a few minutes. And then there's a big shootout, an explosion, and he ends up with the woman on a floating dirigible. Yeah. Yes. And there's very little gadget usage in there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the gadget, yeah, the ga- in the movies, the gadget, like, Roger Moore was only gadget. I think he was a gadget. Yeah. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. gadget. Fucking gadget. <laughs> Next time, yeah, it. it makes me wonder if, if I mean, part of our love of spies yeah. is it's kind of like the continuation of cowboys, right? And, and that kind of you know the the knight and whatever. Um, but but in this iteration of it, spies outsmart like that that like they outsmart their enemy, like yeah. they outsmart their target. Bond doesn't. I mean, Bond doesn't. He, he just kills them. them. I, I just like I I've had sex this week. I have this gun, and I'm going yeah. to shoot you with it. Right. Uh, for the podcasting like audience, I'm of... I'm pointing a finger gun at Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of like James Bond sounds like it was a porno that they like tried to move into a movie right. rather than the other way around. Right. Yeah. So often it's kind of like, oh, like I've seen the porno of that movie. Like, no, no, no. Like, like this guy, like he had his gun. He right. was gonna shoot. Her. But yeah. then, like, they and were like, like, okay, but how do we like? How do we like make this more intense? I less, less explicit. <laughs> yeah. How does that help? The good guys. Right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Like a John Le Carre novel, or, or those are much more uncle. authentic. Yeah, it's it's um, much more intellectualized. Yeah, 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 because it's literally like having like you are on your own, and and you're you're up against this other person. You're trying to get information from them, and it's all about outsmarting that person. And so the gadgets, like technology, are kind of like wrapped up into that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of interesting when you think about it, like the these prototypical spies, your Bond. Mission Impossible, they're not really spies. Like, the Mission Impossible gang are, like... Thieves. Thieves that work for the government. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like a heist movie. It, the show yeah. is a heist I mean, they, movie every week. It yeah. is. It actually... I mean, it's actually set up like a heist movie. Like, mm-hmm. like, like Dirty like, Rotten Scoundrels. Right. Or, or, like, well, or Unusual Suspects. Uh, like, let's, let's all sit around. Like, we're going to plan it. <laughs> uh, cancel that movie, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Spacey. Oh, uh... Brian Singer. Yeah, we got yeah. we, we, we canceled Woody of, Allen. We got to cancel that movie. Oh, well, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah! Yeah, everybody canceled. Yeah, everybody canceled. Yeah, Jerry Ryan's schedules. Yeah, that's more of a 
Yeah. It's a con artist movie. Con artist Less movie. of a heist yeah. movie, but... Like, like Ocean's going... Eleven could have... Yeah. With just a little tweaking, could have been a spy I mean, movie. In fact, Mission it... Impossible has those weird flashbacks that... Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the heist movies do. <laughs> yeah. Yep, this yep. is how they set it up. Like, this is all the plan. Oh, no, the plan's gone wrong. <gasps> I'm Jimmy Bond from the Collected Service. <laughs> I'm going to play Bakker and beat you. <laughs> Wait, here's a four, here's a five, that's a nine. I'll take my money now. <laughs> Bakker <laughs> Wait, that's fun, has it? <laughs> it's all the same. It's really <laughs> so so. Just a, a a fun little thing I wanted to throw out there, and I think a lot of people have heard of Casanova. Mm. Is kind of like the sex machine from the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. Yep. Um. Actually, it's a sex machine from the seventeen hundreds. Casanova. <laughs> I can dig it. I like literally started doing like Who the porno the velvet <laughs> <kid> thrust. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> Who is the Italian man? Casanova. He's always looking out for the other Italian men. Casanova. Casanova. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? We're making our own it's Italian exploitation movie. It's a musical. Anyways, Casanova is uh, where a lot of Hollywood got their inspiration for James Bond being a sex machine. Because yeah. like, we kind of mentioned that like every once in a while he sleeps with a lady. But it's not as present in the books as it is in the movies. It is. I mean, the not the the oh look at the beautiful women and I'm going to conquer the beautiful. It's the right. the women as objects thing came yeah. from the books. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think right. Casanova kind of comes to play in the movies. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think a lot of people know of him as the sex machine because he's actually a spy. Um, and he had, like, a lot of odd jobs and stuff that he would do throughout the years. Odd jobs. See, he would do odd He had that hat that, that broke the thing. Whoop. Yeah. Whoop. Whoop. Like, that slide whistle. Whoop. <laughs> anyway, Casanova. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he, he was uh, was a guy. He had, like, some kind of medical knowledge from a previous uh, uh occupation he held at one point and then he like became like a homeless dude just playing the violin really terribly in the street and everybody hated it and him and then like a guy just collapsed near him one time and because of like some of his medical knowledge he was able to like save the dude or help him out or whatever and that's that... more capable than bond ever was <laughs> right 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 like um... oh, oh no someone's choking i might as well leave him there you know? <laughs> Wait, is he dead <laughs> is he dead He's dead perfect. <laughs> I have a license to kill. It's fine. We can leave him dead. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so this guy that he had saved ended up being like a really wealthy lawyer. So he's able to Lucky. fund a lot of Casanova's travels and shenanigans. And um, so he would like go around, do a lot of spy shit. Like so much so and like had such a, a really funny reputation as just like a man ho. Uh -huh. And like so really the only thing that he was ever wanted for was for sleeping with other dudes' wives. Like, he wasn't ever actually, like, in trouble for espionage. Although, he was a spy. So. Well, that's, huh. that, that actually legitimizes some of Bond's activities. Like, yeah. I'll just sleep with every man's wife. And they'll be sure of shit about that. They'll forget that I got the microfish. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> Alright, so one last thing before we dip out. Because I found this, and the whole time I was reading it, it was really kind of heartbreaking. And I just really wanted to share in the heartbreak with you guys and make you suffer with me, um, as most spies do. So, I mean, not that <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, that, like, I'm a spy or anything. Anyways, I'm just gonna... Okay, so she... We're because... ending this show on a downer. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was very uh, uh, Parks Martin. and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, I'm homeless. Technically, I'm homeless. 
Anyways. <laughs> um, so Shi Pei Pu was a Chinese opera singer. They met a French embassy clerk named Bernard Borsico. Uh, while Borsico was teaching English to other diplomats' families... Um, in China. And at the time, France okay. and China were in a kind of conflict. It wasn't like an all-out war, but there was a lot of right. heated tension. tension. Um, so it was, Delicate it was kind political of... land, land like, right. landscape. Right, right. <laughs> it, was, it was a very volatile situation. So, so Xi Pei Pu convinced Borsico that they were a woman because it was kind of well known that he was looking for a woman to fall in love with. He was looking for okay. a wife. However, even by Borsico's own diary accounts, he had only ever had sexual encounters with uh, his male students, even though he was desperate to fall in love with a woman. Some stuff to unpack there, but all right. Right, right, right. <laughs> so she, Peipu, convinced Borsico that they were a woman, and like they only ever had sex in the dark, and because of Borsico's lack of knowledge of the intimate female form, of the lady bits, I yeah. guess he just kind of went with it. And they um, had sexual encounters off and on for years. And she, Peipu, fell in love with Borsico, um, convinced Borsico that, that they had had his child, but had in fact bought slash adopted a child from a local hospital. Um, and then just like showed up with this four-year-old after a few years, um, having not seen each other, and was like, hey, this is your kid. Look, hello, hello. looks just like you. What? Um, <gasps> He's got my chin. Yeah, my ears. And nope. <laughs> and, and nope. And I don't know. You know, I guess that's willful. Will, what wanting, wishing, wishing is it? Yeah, wishing. Yeah, yeah. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. That's the word. Wanting, wishing. In the midst of their affair, um, the Chinese government got a hold of Borsico and kind of like at, on threat of, of death. Uh, made him smuggle documents and stuff from diplomats that he was teaching to, to them. There was also threats to Shi Pei Pu. Um, that like, like, you know, if you don't do this, obviously we're going to kill your lover and your child. He smuggled the documents back and forth from like 1969 until like 1979. Uh, so for like 10 years, there's over, over like 500 documents that they were smuggled in. So eventually they moved to Paris, all three of them. And while in Paris, they were arrested because they had gotten back that they were spies. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess Shi Pei Pu had also done some espionage work too. I don't think it was just Borsico. Okay. So they were both, both arrested for espionage and it was exposed that Shi Pei Pu uh, was genetically and physically male. Uh, it like devastated Borsico. Borsico attempted to, well, he did, he did slit his, his throat in prison, but he didn't kill himself. He survived it. He was just heartbroken over it. Um, and they were both sentenced to prison for six years. And then they were pardoned by the president uh, of France in an effort to kind of help tamp down a lot of the tension between France and, and China. But when they were released, uh, Borsico like split from Shi Pei Pu. Shi Pei Pu moved back to Beijing uh, and raised their child. Um, and they had like intermittent contact throughout the years mm -hmm. where Shi Pei Pu would, you know, profess their love for uh, Borsico. Shi Pei Pu was like really hesitant to talk about any of what had happened, but they, they did say that they, they used to fascinate both men and women. They were quoted as saying what I was and what they were didn't matter, talking about previous lovers that they had mm -hmm. had. When, when Shi Pei Pu died um, in 2009, Borsico was, was you know notified of it and kind of asked what, what they thought. Borsico said he did so many things against me that he had no pity for. I think it's stupid to play another game now and say I'm sad. The plate is clean now. I am free. 
Which is really sad because Shipepu was pretty pretty clearly, it seems like, in love with Borsico, and I think Borsico was just devastated by what had been done, and there's like some really weird consent there. Yeah. But this whole story was um, adapted by David Henry Huang in 1988 into a play called M. Butterfly, uh, which starred B.D. Wong, who played Song Li Ling, a Chinese opera singer, um, based on, who was, who was also a spy based on Shipepu. So it's just super sad. Aww. The first adaptation of Casino Royale? Yeah. Appeared on a TV show, anthology show called Climax! Exclamation mark. That's sexy. In it though. So sexy. Okay, that's it for this episode. Uh, We will catch you next time when we're talking about Fox Spirits. So, thanks for listening. See you later. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, 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 like. Subscribe to As the Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on patreon.com slash ATMT. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com. <laughs> <laughs>